This is In Blue, a reptile podcast where we talk to some of your favorite reptile keepers, hoping to find out what they just can't live without. We want to bring you closer to some amazing people sharing their stories and experiences about life and the animals they love. Join us as we go deep in blue to shed what we know and gain a fresh new perspective about reptiles and their keepers. Hi, welcome to In Blue, a reptile podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Heidi. Today we are going to be joined by Dax and Taylor with DNT Retix. Hello, guys. Hello. Good guys. morning. Good morning. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm Taylor from DNT Retix. I got into Retix, I would say, what, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked reptiles. Um, I was just never allowed to have them. My mother did not want anything to do with reptiles in the house. So as I got older, I started having a couple of geckos. I had some crusties. I had some leopards. Um, I had a couple of bearded dragons. And then met Dax. And he took me to NARBC for the first time two years ago. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you an $800 limit. You can get whatever snake you want. And so I was looking all around and I'm looking at ball pythons. And I'm like, man, nothing is really like grabbing my eye or like calling my name. And uh, we passed TJ's constrictors and I saw our Motley Golden Child that we own now. And I said, oh, I want that one. And he's like, that's a retick. No way. Those things get way too big. And I was like, you said I could have any snake that I wanted. So <laughs> I want that one. And he's like, well, it's out of your price range. And I was like, here's the extra $100. he's like well you got to get an enclosure for it and that's going to cost a lot of money i was like i'll buy it it's fine she she wanted to pay for everything (laughs) (laughs) and uh so then we got our first one but um that's that's how it really started and then i think within like six months of that we had like four or five more retakes and then we kept growing and growing and growing yeah let's that's how it all started. We, um, I've been personally into reptiles for a long, long time. Um, but again, parents they didn't want nothing to do with snakes, um, no lizards, no reptiles whatsoever. So, you know, we had the birds, the turtles, you know, stuff like that. I had flying squirrels, but never reptiles. So eventually, I thought I'd be able to own a few once I moved out of my house, got married. That didn't happen either. Nope, wasn't happening. Um, and it was like that way to literally probably about four and a half years ago. Um, I finally broke down and said, I'm getting a snake for myself. You know, I mean, I've always I've always stayed in the world of reptiles. I've just never had them. So I wound up going to DFW Reptarium, buying a firefly, uh, ball python, and then going from there and getting another one, a bumblebee. Um, and I was like, I was content with that because we lived in an apartment. So I, that was enough for me. Perfect size, didn't care about anything. So from there, um, I wound up, when I had met her, she had came over and I said, let's just go to the show, you know, just to check things out. And that's when she finally got the big one. And ever since then, it's just. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it all barrels down from there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I was I was content where I was at, but then all of a sudden everything was getting big. So, how did you guys meet? 
And she will tell you. And she, that's just why she's laughing and turning red. So. <laughs> okay. So we both went to the same local bar called Enzo. And it was five minutes away from my house, five minutes away from his place. And I would see him there sitting at the bar by himself in his same exact seat all the time. And I would always be with my two good friends that I was with at the time. And I never had the courage to talk to him because I was like, oh my God, no way he's going to like me. Like, look at him. He's freaking huge. He works out. He's hot. He looks like he's this Guido from the East Coast. He's really not Italian, but he pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was like, there's no way he's ever going to talk to me. And then apparently the whole time he was thinking the same thing. Like, I must have some big biker boyfriend. What? Because I have tattoos, apparently. I have a biker boyfriend. But... Um, so I never got the courage to talk to him. So I would just always like look at him and be like, oh my God, he's so hot. And so it was 4th of July, two years ago. And my best friend was hammered, like completely hammered. And he walked in and I was like, Taylor, and because her name's Taylor, I was like, he's here, he's here. And she's like, oh my God, he's here. And she's drunk and she's all over the place. And so we're sitting there talking. And he comes over and stands right next to me. And I'm sitting at the end of the table by where the uh, waitresses pick up the drinks. And he stands right next to me and he's saying hello to the waitress because we all know the waitress and the bartenders and everything. And he starts singing the same song that's on the radio that I'm singing while we're watching the football game on the screen. Doesn't say a word to me for like 15 minutes. I don't say a word to him. So he goes and walks over to his friends and he's talking. And I go use the restroom and I come back. And my good friend Taylor is like, I have to go use the restroom. And so she starts walking and she starts walking the opposite way. I was like, where are you going? The restroom is that way. And she goes up to him and she goes, my best friend thinks you're hot and you're going to drink with her. And she pulls him and I'm like, and so he comes over and he introduces himself. And this line is the line that, like, it's, the worst one gave, it's probably the worst pickup line I've ever heard, but it, like, <laughs> made me fall in love with him instantly. He was like, I'm Dax Serrano, like the hand. And I was like, I'm Taylor. I don't know where that came from. I was like, I'm Taylor, Dadio, like Daddio, but it's not Daddio, but it's Dadio. <laughs> and I was like, I kept blabbering, and I'm just like, hi. And then... <laughs> And then that was it. And he's like, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I think the bar closed, what was it, 2 o'clock? Yeah. We hung out for a good hour outside afterwards. And then went on our first date like three days later. And then another one, the first date we went out and we had pizza and it was really good. And then he brought me back to his apartment. And this was the moment when I was second guessing myself because he was really hot. And I kind of thought, I was okay, because he's hot, I'll do this. He made me watch wrestling on our first date. <laughs> and I was like what is this he is a grown man watching wrestling on a Monday night what is going on yep. and needless to say now two years later I know all the wrestlers and all the entries <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are in Texas now right mm -hmm. but you, neither one of you are from Texas no where are you I, from I was born in Colorado um, I lived all over in Colorado I lived in Connecticut um, after moving to Connecticut, we moved to Las Vegas and I was in Vegas for 21 years. Oh, wow. um, and then I moved to Texas four, four years ago, five years ago. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then for me, I lived, I grew up in New York, um, in the Bronx for 20 years, moved out to Long Island for 12. And then I wound up moving to South Florida, um, Delray Beach area, um, lived there for 10, 11 years and then moved to Texas. So you guys have other hobbies besides the animals, right? Like, I mean, obviously you work out. Um, we see a lot of those posts. So why don't you tell us about some of that? Um, I started training um, when I was about 16, 14, 16, 16 years old, because I used to get bullied a lot. So I was like, you know what? Let me go to the gym, you know, and, and just create a stir. And that was my whole thing. I went to the gym. I started training. I met a bunch of pro bodybuilders who Long Island, when I lived in Long Island, Long Island was like a mecca for pro bodybuilding. A lot of pro bodybuilders came from there. So every gym had at least two to three pro bodybuilders. In it. So I became friends with a lot of them. Still am to this day. Um, but I started training and started getting bigger and bigger. And then people started noticing, whoa, holy cow. Because in high school, I was kind of the ugly duckling kind of guy. So everybody knew who I was, but I never dated anybody or nothing. So when I wound up going to my senior prom, that's when people started catching attention because I had brought a girl who was a fitness girl and they were like, holy cow, who's this, you know? And they're like, who, who's he hanging out with? And everybody's like, where are you hanging out on the weekends? We gotta go hang out with you. So I was like, whatever, you know, nobody wants to talk to me, but all of a sudden, now everybody wants to start talking to me more. So um, I just wound up getting into the bodybuilding thing. I competed for about two to three years. Um, it was like 92 to 95. I competed for two years from 2017 to 2019 in women's uh, figure and physique. And then had quite a few injuries the past couple of years, which set me back. So but I was the same way. It was three o'clock in the morning, waking up to do cardio and go work out before work. And, <laughs> no, thank I'm you. Not, I'm, not, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried that when I first started working out again. Like, um, so Jack and I got together and he was really encouraging me to go work out. And when I very first started working out again, I, I started trying to do cardio first thing in the morning. And by like, so I'd get up and five o'clock in the morning, I'd three or four or five o'clock in the morning, I'd be at the gym running and I would go to work. And by 10 o'clock, I couldn't function. I was so exhausted. <laughs> I am. I am not a cardio person. Like if I do cardio, it just wipes me out. Like I can't, I have to go to bed. Like I have to take a nap or something afterwards. Like I'm not one of those people that gets energized doing cardio. And so, um, yeah, like it was terrible. And, and he was like, well, maybe you should like switch to the afternoon. So maybe we should throw some weights in there. And so that, that's all I, I do a little bit of cardio now at the end of my workout, but for the most part, it's just, just weight training and, yeah. Just trying to be a little bit stronger and a little bit healthier. Mine was, it was like the best time for me before I met Jack, being a single mom. They're still sleeping at three and four in the morning, so I don't have to worry about it. And then I still get the time after work and after school to help them with things like homework or food or anything like that. And it's not taking that time away. So other than working out, I mean, not that that's not enough. So working out and doing the snakes and children. And so what else do you guys do? We love, to, we love to go shooting. Um, okay, what so kind of Texas shooting? is definitely the place to go. Um, we like to go to the Frisco gun club. gun club. 
Um, we have, I mean, we have a small collection. It's nothing crazy. Yeah, either that or uh, uh, Shoe Point Blank in Louisville. Um, you know, I, that was one thing, being in New York, you're not allowed to have guns, period. Mm -hmm. um, then when I moved to Florida, it was, you can have guns, but I wasn't allowed to because the person I was with didn't want them. So as soon as I got here, just like I bought a snake, I bought a gun. So my yeah, father came in hand in hand, and next thing I know, after one gun, I got four. So it's like okay. my father was military, so I grew up with the guns and shooting, being able to take it apart, put it back together, clean it. So I've always had them, and I went shooting with my friends when they were younger with their parents because in Vegas you can open carry. And you can go shoot anywhere. Like literally, you can pull off the side of the freeway if there's desert, and you can go shoot. It's it's crazy, but it happens. And uh, so we would always just go shooting every weekend. And so I taught my kids how to shoot when they were little. My daughter's not a fan of it. My son loves it. We like to eat, so I'm big into. I'm a big foodie, so I've always been that way. <laughs> so, so it's always uh, trying new restaurants and always keeping an eye out for something that is you know they'll catch my eye but we're always looking and always going to different restaurants it's the biggest thing especially in dallas dallas has some really good stuff so that's pretty much what we do if we're not at a show we're either either at the gym or eating so pretty much i, I can understand that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get the family time in i mean that's the norm oh yeah um, yeah i mean it's just uh it's just sometimes when we go and eat it's you know it's some of the food we don't think the kids are going to eat or appreciate so <laughs> yeah we do that we'll go without the kids and then we'll take them and see if they like it but yeah. we have a place that's uh persian food that's mm. uh, down in houston that we absolutely love we love to go there it's one of our most favorite places and uh, it's called darban it's a kebab style uh meal with rice and naan bread and oh it's just so mm. delicious uh, and the kids that. actually love it so nice. My daughter, I did not think that she was going to like it at all. And we took her to Nick and Sam's, which is like one of the top rated steakhouses in Dallas. And they put, they give you a plate of caviar, like as an appetizer, mm. like on the house. And so they mm. give you caviar and the onions and the bread and whatever it is. And I was like, mm -mm, nope, not for me. And Dax, like whenever he tells Juliana that something is good, she usually trusts him. And she's like, okay, I'll try it. And she tries it and she's like, this is amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Taylor. Uh -uh. <laughs> 12 year old girl. And she's like all for caviar. And I'm like, <laughs> from the time Logan was like four, you ask him what is, what he wants. I want a steak. <laughs> he loves beat steaks. Can't beat that. No, you that. can. <laughs> I'm just always more hesitant to try food. He's like, try the frog one. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> so there's some things i won't touch no like i've never tried rabbit i'm just very like it's a texture it's good. for me it's so good rabbit's good <laughs> oh i love it i didn't that's, care for it that's one of my favorite the favorite foods i've ever eaten was rabbit i had it on a cruise once and i was like this is the best thing ever it was so, <laughs> good. <laughs> so good y'all i would like to try it again i'm not gonna lie it was so good I was I blown away. It, it was in like this raspberry black bean sauce. Oh my God, y'all. Mm. <laughs> so good. Now that sounds good. I've never seen Heidi <laughs> so excited about something before. She's like, yes, the rabbit. Great. <laughs> I think Heidi's excited about food. I love food. Yes, Jack and I both really love food. We like to cook and um, 
I mean, we both cook by smell. So neither one of us use a recipe for anything except for baking, but we don't yeah. bake a whole lot. So, but cooking everything, I mean, we're, we're those people that you just pull all the spices out of the cabinet and smell them and just, Ooh, yeah, it's yeah, that's how you cook. Right? Taste. There's nothing wrong with that. I know. My mother taught me to make the best like sauce, like pasta sauce. You don't go by a recipe, you smell and taste. So Taylor, you had four, you, three or four sisters. I have three older sisters. I'm the baby. Oh, so what is that like growing up with like four girls? It's so it's just girls, right? Yeah, just girls. So my father just kept trying to have a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, funny story. So we had the three girls. Um, we have out of the three girls, there are well, out of the four girls, there's three different moms. So my older sister Dawn and Marnie have the same mother, and my sister Brianna has a different mom, and then I have my mother. Um, so growing up, I didn't have anyone living in the house with me because we all were in different places, but I was closest with my sister, Brianna. I knew her from when I was born. Um, I didn't know about my sister, Marnie, until I was 12 years old. And then I found out about my sister, Dawn, when I was 22. So I always thought I had one sister up until that, that time. Um, but the reason for my name, Taylor, is because my father wanted a boy. And he was like... I want a boy. Like, it's going to be a boy. And my mm -hmm. mom's like, no, I don't think it's going to be a boy. I have a feeling it's going to be a girl. And so he named me. And it's Taylor with the E for traditional Italian for Tolore because that's what my grandmother used to call me. So I played with Hot Wheels and action figures. And I worked on my dad's car with him. And it was all the tomboy things that I did growing up because he didn't get his boy. So I think that just makes you the handy best friend. It does. I can be tire. <laughs> I can... I can do sparkles. He loves doing stuff with her. It's like oh, yeah. they do truck stuff together, and I'm like, I don't even know anything about that stuff. Already... Oh, yeah. We installed a, mm -hmm. a brand new grill on my truck. We did the headlights, the taillights. We're going to be doing the steps soon and everything. So nice. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were a car person. <laughs> I am. I kind of, I, I felt, I felt like that was the case. After talking <laughs> to you, so. I, just I am too. Like, I love cars. I, yeah, I love them. I want you too. Oh yeah, we were talking about supercars at the show. That's right, I remember that. <laughs> yep. Give me a 1969 Chevy Camaro Z28. Yes. Mm. 1965 Shelby Mustang. Mm-hmm, I know. I know nothing about cars. I love cars. I have like a whole list of cars. <laughs> I have like three. Oh no, I would I I would have Jay Leno's garage, y'all. Like for real. Ah! <laughs> I would just yeah, have that, that, is, that, is a, that is a nice garage. Yeah. I love them. I love his collection. He's he's not very handy, but he tries. He's good with other things than cars. Yeah. Like if it's installing a heat panel in an enclosure. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I can build a house though. It's he not can a build problem. a house. I can build he houses. can install a faucet. Exactly. Yeah, anything construction-wise, I can do. Yeah. I'm not growing up when growing up in New York. We didn't. I grew up in a really poor family. I mean, it was welfare. Um, we didn't have anything, so we didn't learn anything about cars. And my dad didn't know anything either. Um, he would just take it to the to the mechanic to get fixed. So cars were never our thing. Um, we really had nothing when we were kids, so it's like it was nothing to aspire to. So um, that's why I was like, I want to do construction because I like doing, I, I like construction to begin with. Number number two, I like seeing a finished product. I like seeing everything that I put into it 
either it working or being there forever. Like with some of the buildings that I build, um, it's awesome to go back to some of the jobs I've had. Like I've taken her, for instance, I've probably built a good decent amount in South Beach in Miami. And uh, I took her back to South Beach and, um, you know, you go, you go back and you walk around and like, we were walking all over and I'm like, I built that, I built that, I built that, I built that, I built that. <laughs> built that. And, we, and we can go in and as long as the managers are still there, whoever was working when the store opened, it would be like, oh, we remember you, you know, my God, like, oh, you know, how's everything, you know, and it was cool, you know, and it's, it's the benefit from it as well, because a lot of the stuff that I, I started doing residential and then I started getting into commercial. Once I got into commercial, it was a lot easier because you don't have to deal with homeowners to pick things out and then all of a sudden change their mind when you install them. And it's like, rip it out. And then it's like, you know, you're doing all the work over and over again. So with commercial, it's just literally set of plans. You go, you do it, you get it done. That's it, hand it over to the owner. We both still work full time, plus doing the snakes. So it's so a lot. What do you, so he does construction. Do you help him with the construction or you do something else? If I could make that much money in helping him with construction, I would be doing it. But, <laughs> Um, I, I absolutely love what I do. I am a registered behavioral therapist for children on the spectrum. So I work in the ABA field for applied behavioral analysis, working with children to help them with every day-to-day behaviors or simple toileting or tying your shoes or any life skills, social skills, anything like that. So that's what I do. And that's Monday through Friday from eight to five 30. So I absolutely love it. it. It definitely has its days where sometimes I come home and I'm like, just give me like an hour to. I just look at her face and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, like here's your drink. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's nothing against any of my clients. It's just like they don't know their behaviors can just be skyrocketing, and it takes that mental toll on you because they just don't know how to communicate to you about what they want, and so they're getting frustrated, and then you feel bad for them, and then it just takes a toll mentally on you. And so t- some days I just come home, I'm like, I just need like an hour to sit down and relax and. Like listen to nothing and just scroll on my phone to let my mind kind of go. And other times I'm coming home and I'm like, babe, this happened today with my client. I'm so happy. Is this the spectrum, the spectrum is big. It's either, it's either really happy or really sad. So, but, I, but I can tell by the face. It has its things, but I love what I do. And no matter how big we got, I would want to continue part time at least doing what I do, just because that's that's my happy place, just as much as the snakes are. One of my favorite memories, so I used to be at a different center that I was at, and I worked with a specific client, and I would work with him maybe two or three times a week. Um, I transferred centers, and this was probably a two-year gap in between, and the client that I worked with had transferred to the center that I'm at now, and I had no clue, and he didn't know that I was coming there, and I was shadowing um, one of the therapists to learn the clients and their behaviors and everything before you start working with them, and um, I saw his initials and I was like, JLA. I was like, that looks really familiar because they use the first two letters in the first name and the last two letters in the last name for confidentiality for clients. And I was like, that sounds so familiar. And I was like, Anna, is this this person? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I used to work with him two years ago. And so we're walking and he walks through the door and she goes, 
I'll say his first name. His name was Jonathan. And she goes, Jonathan, this is Taylor. He goes, Miss Taylor, you used to work at Child's Pass. How are you? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I almost started crying. I was like, he remembers me. Like two years in between. And their their minds are just, the sky's the limit with them. And that was probably one of my happiest moments, along with some others when they finally get, you know, toileting in the bathroom correctly. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I did have a really awesome moment. My, um, we had kind of like a show and tell at work and the owners, because it's a, it's just a small business owned by uh, Kate and Joe Lundgren. They're amazing people. Um, they were like, they knew that I did snakes. And so we were having like a show and tell on the ABA side. And they're like, you can bring your snakes. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I, I can bring my snakes. I can have both my passions in one place for like 30 minutes. We're good. Yes. And so I got so excited. And one of my clients is absolutely crazy about reptiles, like loves them. And you give him a picture and he's going to name off what it is. Venomous, non-venomous, like amphibians, you name it, he knows it. And so he would just go on about retic morphs and ball pythons and everything. And so I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to be bringing my snakes. He's like, you're going to bring your snakes. Can I hold them? Can I see one? What morph is this? Ooh, is that him in the S pose? What is he doing? And he just starts going off and talking. And so he, he loved holding them. And then I had another client who was pretty, pretty afraid of him at first and he held them and he loved it. And he was just so excited. And he told his mom, he's like, I held a snake. I held a snake. And then the other one runs to his mom and he goes, Miss Taylor keeps snakes under her desk. I promise I don't keep them under my desk. They're there for maybe an hour right now, but they're not kept under the desk. <laughs> so it's I have I have some pretty awesome awesome memories. So you have a really awesome job now, but what did you want to do growing up? Is this what you wanted to do? I never even thought about doing this when I was growing up. Um, before this, I was in the fitness industry. And I worked for 24-Hour Fitness for four years doing grand openings. Um, so I grand opened two or three locations here in Texas, like in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's what I was doing at first. Um, and it just got to be long hours and it was exhausting. And it kind of pulled my passion from the gym because I was in the gym doing grand openings and trying to work with the team members and doing um, – like promoting, I mean, where you see, you would see like the 24 hour tents outside Mm -hmm. doing sales and everything like that before they open. And I would work 16 to 18 hour days and come home completely exhausted, but still have to work out. And so I wanted something where I could still relate my passion and be able to help others. And so then that's when I got into um, ABA because my good friend had two children who were on the spectrum. And so I was really familiar with working with children on the spectrum. And so that's where that started. But as, as of for a, like what I wanted to do when I was younger, I think I told my dad I wanted to be a mechanic once and that never went through. And then I, <laughs> I was probably the typical, like, I want to be a veterinarian. And then I was like, wait, I have to stick things up animals, butts. that's not going to work. <laughs> so <laughs> that went out the window, but I never saw myself doing this like for, for a career, but I couldn't see myself doing anything else now. Max just wanted to rule the world when he grew up. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he still tries. He still tries. Max, you have way more energy than most people I know. And I, I, I'm like, I have, 
I, like you have I, more energy than a four-year-old and it blows my mind. I'm like, how? How do I, you do this? Because it's <laughs> she's like, yes. It's so funny because it's um I've always wanted to do this being in the in the, in the hobby mm-hmm. and literally waited 47 years to do this. I had been shut down so many times, told it was a stupid idea, don't even bother doing it. Now, again, do, financially, do we need this to live? No, my job pays me phenomenally. Um, but it's just a love. I could not sell a snake and not care. I don't care. It's it's getting out there. It's meeting people. It's, you know, it's... It's the educational It's the aspect. educational aspect. It's teaching people new things. It's it's telling, you know, it's, it's letting somebody know that, yes, my snake is going to get bigger than your bull python and your bowlers, but it's not going to be 35 people. You know, it's 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 that idea that all right, even if they might not buy the animal, but at least they know something and they don't sound like sound ridiculous. I mean, because when people come to our tables if and these get thirty five feet, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll be like boyfriend, they'll, be a, they'll be boyfriend and girlfriend or husbands and wives, and the husband will be like, I'm not kidding, that's make that thing gets like thirty feet. And I'm like, I look and you know, I look at people, and I'm, like, I'm like, really. Or we get the, is this one going to strangle us in our sleep like it did that one lady? And I'm like, I'm like, it's just ridiculous. It's some of the things we get. And it's like, and it's like, no. And, and you know what? If they walk away with a different mindset and say, okay, wow, we didn't know that. Or wow, okay, you've explained it a lot better to us than, because we, we also get a lot of people come to our table and they're like, you know what? We love you guys because you guys have sat and spoke with us for a half hour, probably lost two customers, didn't care. And, but you sat and now we know something different. And we feel better like that. So if we ever were going to get into a retake, we buy it from you. That makes me happy. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. Again, monetary, I don't need it. It's it's I don't need it to survive. But it's also the part where I get to see people smile. I get to see little kids happy. I get to see people who have never held a snake hold one. And no less, I could tell them, like, there was a lady at a... I went to, because we, we usually use either FedEx or, you know, Shipping Reptiles, or we use Delta Cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, usually Delta Cargo we use on the bigger snakes, unless some people will say, we want our snake the same day. And then I'll say, well, Delta does it to you when you're in an airport. We'll ship Delta. So um, one of the ladies who works there, she was like, what's in the box? And I'm like, a snake? And she's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not picking that up. And I'm like, it's in the box. <laughs> She's like, I'm, let me go get somebody to pick it up. And she I looked at pick it up. And, she went, and I looked at her and I said, watch, do this. I said, just pick up the box, move it over a foot, put it closer to me. You don't have to put it in front of me two feet away. Just move it a foot. She did it. And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I never even thought I would touch anything that had anything like this inside of it. <laughs> I said, see, look, you're halfway there already. I said, I'm not going to ask you to open the box and take out the snake now, but at least you have, at least you have overcome one of your fears. You held the box mm-hmm. with a snake. And she was like, thank you so much. You know, I never thought of it like that. So, Taylor, how old are your kiddos? My son just turned 14 on February 9th, and my daughter is 12, going on 27. <laughs> <laughs> um, she'll be 13 uh, June 13th. So. I don't know if you saw the news, but... She's getting into ball pythons. Well, she has ball pythons, but we just officially created her logo. Um, mm. So she's going to start breeding. Exciting. That's and awesome. Jules's noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
with a Z. So I created a logo and it's like a little ramen bowl and it's got, it looks like an albino steak. And then it's got like an egg yolk and the chopsticks sticking out and little like green onions on the, as eyebrows. Oh, I think I saw that. It's adorable. Thanks. <laughs> so, so you, you're, you're an artist too, right? On the computer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I've seen several things from you that you design. I mean, a, a digital artistry is, is just another form, right? But yeah. on, like on the computer, I can like piece things together to where it looks nice using Photoshop. As far as like drawing on it, no way. I no. can't draw a stick figure for the life of me. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like getting, like if I give her an idea, She'll get everything together and then put it together. Like everything we have from DNT is her. Like all the logos that we've created, I've done all the designs, anything like that. But drawing wise, no way. I am not artistic drawing wise, but I can piece things <laughs> together the way that I want to and edit them a little bit to where it looks nice. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I have no artistic talent. So I I I can't my son has all of it. So I can't draw or sing or play an instrument or, and he does all of those things. <laughs> like, why couldn't if I had just one of them? <laughs> Apparently they all come in a package all the time. And I was like, my son plays the clarinet. He's in band. Um, he's in eighth grade now and he wants to do, he wants to do marching band next year in ninth grade, which I think will be awesome. Um, Juliana, I don't think she has any artistic talent. <laughs> She's a gigantic klutz. I love the girl, but she can trip over her own feet walking 20 times in three steps. Um, but she has the personality to go forever. Like if she could be a TV anchor star, she she can talk for you 24-7, 24-7. The moment she wakes up, she's like, mom, should I do my head like this? Should I wear this today? Do you think this would look cute? And I'm like, I have not had coffee yet. <laughs> it's like she sounds like my 19 year old <laughs> when she was that age and she lily's a hairstylist she gets to talk to people and be creative she can draw um so she gets to do whatever she wants and run her mouth the whole time <laughs> yep so she's she's found her passion she's been doing a lot of research and asking us questions and talking to jeff byers and asking him questions so she's she's getting going she's learning what she can create with what she has and Go from there so she's excited hopefully she'll have her first babies on the table maybe this time maybe this year september maybe october september. that would be awesome yeah, yeah we'll, try, we'll try to have try to have her goodbye and the rbc she'll have a little space of our table get her a little banner mm -hmm. she can have her little noodles <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute i love yeah. it and as far as I go, my daughter is, she's in New York, she's 22 years old now. Um, she owns her own beauty salon. Awesome. Um, yeah, she, she bought her, she bought it with her, she partnered up with her best friend, and they bought it together when they were 19. So she's now bought her partner out and looking to expand. She does so, nails, and they are phenomenal nails. Yeah, she does. They're crazy. They're a little, like the, they're a little too much. Like they're, the very York. extravagant designs that you see that would probably cost like four hundred dollars a set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she does stuff like that. So yeah, she's uh, she's she's my only child, and she's been good her whole life. I can't complain. 
We've had our rough patches when she's, uh, you know, a teenager. But ever <laughs> since, I, I would leave her alone, and I would never bother her because it was just never a problem. As long as there was never problems occurring from it, I could never complain. So she could have her mood. She could do whatever she wanted. I just would never complain. So and then when she told me she was buying the shop, I was like, okay, as long as you got the money for it. And she's like, well, we took that loan from the bank, and we're going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, okay. So she wound up getting it. And then a year later, she's like, I'm going to buy my partner out. I'm like, oh, okay. Did you guys like being in school? <laughs> I, I liked it probably up until high school. Um, well, middle school, high school. That's when my parents had separated when I was 13. So it was kind of like that tough stage for me, going in between parents and having one move and having them here and there. Um, so it was okay. I think high school was a little bit tougher just because of everything going on. And then, of course, it's high school, so everything is happening. Um, but I, I really loved school up until, like, eighth grade, I'd say. What about subjects? I always loved English. Um, English and science, I would say, my were my favorite. I was terrible at math, and now I'm really good at math, which is very strange. And every like he who was it, was it Jake that asked that one math equation? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, how did you know this? He had, Jake had asked this math equation for school because he's in college, and he's like, hey, Dax, do you know the answer to this? And he's like, no. And I was like, what is it? And it had, um, it was like a fractional equation with everything. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, you're not going to know the answer. I was like, hmm. yeah, well, he's another, he's another big retake breeder. So he gave Sorry. me, he gave me the <laughs> equation and I did it super fast. And he's like, okay, well, what's the answer to this one? And I did that super fast. And he gave him to Jake and he goes, they're right. And he goes, holy shit, babe. <laughs> I was like, yeah, who's good at math now? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's high school for me. Uh, okay, well, was, he did not go to a regular high school, so don't ha let him just like. You went to Catholic high school? A Catholic high school. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So um, it was it was fun in high school, elementary and junior high areas were not so fun. Growing up with my name it was just a target. So, uh, but high school. Once I got to high school, it was it was just party time. That's all. I mean. <laughs> high school was just literally party time. I I literally booked myself four lunches for four years. So I would literally have a half day of classes and a half day of lunches. So. <laughs> <laughs> would you go work out during that time? I didn't start training till I was last year of high school. I did not start lifting, no weights, nothing, until literally senior year. And then I competed the year after. So right out right out of high school, I started competing. But I did that, and then that was pretty much it. College, I never, I tried to go to college for a year. Um, I just couldn't work and manage doing classes. So it's just my job. I, in New York, it's hard to live if you're not making a ton of money you can't live there so that's why i stuck with construction because that's what i was with and that's what i'm still ending up with now which i have no complaints about again I, I love it i love watching my jobs get done and finished out and 
you know, companies are happy and, you know, when they tell you they want you to travel across the country to, to a store for them, which I will not do, but just getting that letter from your boss and they're like, hey, they want you to go to California and film this. Not going. <laughs> I'm not going, but the recognition is nice. So. so what is your biggest fears? Biggest fear. Not waking up. Oh. Like, I, I know it's really weird. Like, that's my biggest fear. Like, going to sleep and for some reason, not waking up. It's just a strange fear of mine because some people you hear, like, they pass away in their sleep. They don't know mm -hmm. what happened. It's just, it's a fear of mine, just not being able to wake up. Or taking things for granted. Not doing things with the time that you have. Yeah, mine yeah. is failure. Failure. That's why, that's why I always, I always double, triple, quadruple check everything or I think I think as much as I can to the future so this way I don't get caught up and I don't have problems along the way. I mean I'm gonna have problems eventually but what I try to do is I try to put the issues out there that could be out there so this way I do not fail. That's my biggest fear is failing. So so if you're afraid of failure what does success look like to you? Success is success doesn't you know, most people would be like, oh, I'm a millionaire, I live in giant houses, and I own nine cars. Um, success is, success is for me would be to have everything at a good rate going at a certain pace and just staying that way. It's, I don't need to make $10 million. I'm not looking to make, I'm not trying to be the next Bill Gates. I'm not trying to do this. And sometimes... I think he gets a little bit carried away with, like he said, like double checking, triple checking, oh, yeah. quadruple checking, because he tends to overanalyze a lot. And so when he overanalyzes, we tell him, like, take a step back. Sometimes simplicity is success. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the simplest things is what is going to help with that mm -hmm. and not overanalyzing. And, you know, he tends to second guess himself a lot. And he's like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I don't know if I should do this. I'm like, just. Take a step back. Don't worry. That things he does. He gets worried, and that's where that that fear comes in because he's that he's gonna fail. And so I tell him, like, just step back, take a second, look what's in front of you, and just work with what you have. Don't worry about what's out there or what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. What we have is gonna work for us. Just because they have success with what they're doing doesn't mean that we won't have success with what we're doing. And it looks different to everyone, success in general. That's why I asked what it looked like yeah. to you, because yeah. because everyone has a different answer for that. So. Yeah. And I think for me, that simplicity of success helps him because he overanalyzes everything. Mm -hmm. So it kind of levels it out a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I just had this conversation with Robert and I was talking him down. Be like, it's okay. Like everything's all right. You know, I, I as like, it, it gets tight sometimes. And right now we've hit one of those tight spots, but shows are starting back up and you know, there's going to be more, we've got four in a row coming up. So I was like, I was like, breathe. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right now. I mean, it's uh, failure is my right now at this point in life. Cause I've been again, 47 years in the making and I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> it's amazing when you when you finally get to start doing what you've always wanted to do. Um, you know, I've always wanted reptiles and like you, Dax, was not allowed. Uh, it was not something that was going to happen. And then uh, Robert was never a fan. 
And then I get a call, hey, I bought a hog nose when he was in El Paso working. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was like, it's on. I get a snake now. <laughs> and, what, made him, what made him go to the store to get one? <laughs> I don't really know because I had brought it up to him and then he started doing all this research on different types of snakes. I was like, I was like, I'll just take a ball python. I was like, you won't have to worry about it. I was like, it's not going to do anything. I was like, they're just really pretty pet rocks. We're good. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, I can handle the feeding. I was like, that doesn't bother me. And uh, he was like, I don't know. So he started researching and then found out that he really liked hog noses and bought a little hog nose and it spiraled up down uh just depends on what way you want to look at it <laughs> so That's taylor nice. i have a couple of follow-up questions for you okay so the first one is um who takes care of the snakes it's joint we both do do you if he'll take care of the babies most of the times because he gets off work earlier and <sighs> he gets home so he can knock out the rack systems and the babies and then most of the times i'm the one that takes care of the big ones up upstairs and then my other question was, you said that one of your fears is not living, like not living your life to the fullest. Are there things that you still really want to do? I don't know. I can't, I never had like those big dreams. Like I want to go to space or I want to do like all these like, <laughs> I things. I was very idealistic growing up. And so like my father always taught me like only dream as big as, you feel that you want to accomplish. And so like my accomplishments was being able to raise my kids, making sure they had everything that they needed, making sure that I have everything that I need. Um, just very simplistic. So I guess for me, like just us, I think for me, we've already pretty much accomplished like my, our biggest dream right now. And that's having DNT retics and having like the following that we already do have and having people know us and being able to know all these top breeders that are in this game and have them say like, hey, these are good, reputable people that you can count on. And just being up there with them, I would say that's probably one of our biggest dreams with this and it's already come true pretty yeah, much. Did you guys have this dream when you guys were younger? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, not at all. <laughs> I, I never I joked when I was young that I would have- I ask, you that, I, I ask you that all the time, I'm like, so do you ever think that now? One day would come when you're selling snakes and traveling Texas. Mm -hmm. Nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would I would like to travel out of the US. I've never traveled outside the United States. So That's that what I was gonna ask next. If there's any place that you just really would love to go, um, that you haven't been. I would love to go to Thailand or Greece. Um, Greece. both. I think both would be fantastic. Both. Yeah. Both. Um Anywhere in the UK or Asia, I would just love to travel. I think Thailand more because there's more morphs and localities of retics, and it just makes me excited. And the elephants. I love elephants. <laughs> <laughs> He's already been to Thailand, so it's not even fair. Oh, Dax, you yeah. didn't tell us he went to Thailand. Yeah. He went all over. Thailand, Jamaica. So, so how did you travel? You just went on vacation traveling? Um, yeah, just uh, when I was married to my ex wife, um, she was very wealthy, so she just said, Where do you want to go in the world? And I said, Thailand. She's like, All right, so book it. And I said, Okay, so I booked it literally went for three and a half weeks to Thailand. Yeah, it's, oh, that's it's so amazing. It's such a long flight, it's it's you can't go there and stay for three or four days. 
because there's so many places to go in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Like we went to Bangkok for a week, we went to Chiang Mai for a week, and then we went to Phuket for a week. And you need those weeks to go to those places because there's so much history, there's so much animal stuff to see. There, I mean, just everything. We, it, it's like it's a, it's crazy. Thailand, I think, is the best area because it's everything is everything in Asia. It's like a central part of Asia, so everything is like goes there or been there or influences in there is are ridiculous. So plus there's a million millions and millions of Australians there, so it's funny as hell. But um, so it's pretty cool. So you get to meet all these people, and it's not just Thai people. It's a lot of Australians and expats who have lived here and lived there. But Thailand was fun. I mean, you got to see monitors walking the street that are eight or nine feet long. And it's like, wow. oh, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and then you get to see the elephants, which are, which were green. I mean, I spent one day at an elephant, uh, at an elephant camp, and it was just amazing. Um, it, it's it's and that's the reason why I wanted to go there is because there's so much stuff to do in that one country. Elephants, tigers, reptiles. I mean, it's, I, I mean, every animal. The animals there were just ridiculous. Monkeys running all over the street. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you could do that in Miami. I know there's a place. <laughs> there's a place in Fort Lauderdale um, where there's literally like ten families of monkeys. They live in the trees. It's right near the beach, near Fort Lauderdale Beach, but there's only one area that you go see them, and they stay in that area. They do not leave the trees, and they stay there. But you can see them. They run around the fence. They go up the trees and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, it's it was just breathtaking. It's just the flight is it's literally 24 hours. So that's the only thing. Only capture. That's a lot. <laughs> and a lot of money. No, the flight's expensive, but when you get there, you it's get that cheap. I mean, bottles of water, 10 cents. You can go to restaurants and spend 20 bucks to feed your whole family. It's, and I mean quality restaurants, not just, you know, not just a mom and pop stat, you know, shops and stuff. I got to try carp food, which most people would die from. Um, it was just something I've always wanted to do. So it's just finally got to do it. You know. I, guess, I guess that would be my dream, travel a little bit. I've always wanted to go to Japan. I've always wanted to, I've been to Europe a little bit, um, but I, I would love to go to Ireland. And yeah. my, so my bucket list is New Zealand. I would love to go spend like That's a month in New Zealand. Too, yeah. Yes. I, I would just go and just <laughs> for a whole month and just not leave. <laughs> yeah, I would like, yeah, that's one. And then I'd love to get down to Australia if I could. Oh, we were talking to Corey, and they're going to the Galapagos. Oh, really? That's so awesome. We were. Like, that sounds so much fun. Yeah, the Galapagos. That's 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 where you see some good stuff. Everything, yeah. everything around that whole area is beautiful. That's that's crazy. That's a good trip. That's a good good like an adulting scientific trip. It's not too far either. So I mean, I've been to I've been to all of the Caribbean. I've been to some of Europe. I've been to some of Asia. Um, I haven't been to Africa. I would like to try to get to Africa to go to, um, there's a few elephant camps where it's just baby elephants. So they only take the ones that get left by the parents. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're all like little like, baby elephants. They're all like, maybe like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and it's, I would love to go there. And there's only a few of them. So, and it's in central Africa. So 
So it's hard to get to. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Some of the tricks that you have to do, but I do my research usually to try to find out how to get there the cheapest or the fastest way. And it's just some areas you just can't, there's no being it. And you got to worry about now and everything going on in the world, you have to worry about money. So yeah. back then when I took my trips, you know, it was, everybody loved Americans. Now it's, nobody loves Americans anymore. So yeah. <laughs> it's sad and it stinks, but you know, cause I'm, I would love to go back to Thailand, but it's so Muslim run that it's, you know, it's definitely something to worry about. You know, even Cancun, I mean, I've been to Cancun 20 times and now with the cartels and the hotel zones, I mean, it's, it's getting bad. Yeah. So, it just stinks, but, you know, I'm trying to, I want to do a little family trip to Cancun if we can, because there's a few areas that I still read that aren't, you know, uh, so populated still. So nobody stays in those areas. It's kind of uncharted. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. That sounds fun. One day. One day. <laughs> okay, when I have time and I, my snakes aren't taking control of everything. Because <laughs> that's another part. It's flying and going places and who's going to take care of the animals. Mm -hmm. and, so. that's, our, that's our problem. So. Just like yeah. that's when I'm glad Lily is 19 and has a job and can't go to all the shows with us. So she gets to uh, she gets to house set. <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much longer. It's been amazing talking to you yes, all. It has. Coming on. Do you want to tell us how to get in touch with you? Best way? Yeah. Um, best way to get in touch with us is through any social media. We have Facebook and Instagram. You can search DNT Retics, um, and we usually answer pretty quickly within about an hour or so. If I'm not answering, then he is. Um, just beware. It'll be either one of us, and then he might intertwine, or I might intertwine. <laughs> then you'll be talking to both of us at the same time. We do it with Lori <laughs> from hers, and she gets a crack at it. Um, but uh, Facebook or Instagram, you can just send us a message. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Taylor, Hi. Dax, DNT Retics. Thank you very much. Leah. Very nice talking to both of you. Thank yes, you. Thank you all for being on. We have we enjoyed really it very much. You guys are amazing. We were very honored to be on your podcast. Oh, thank well, you. We appreciate it. Thank like you. We appreciate y'all. Yes. Thanks, guys. All right. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank y'all so much for joining us on this episode with Dax and Taylor. We had a great time. Thank you for listening to the In Blue podcast on the Reptile Gumbo Network. Have a great time. Thank you, guys.